bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody! Welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics. Like we're talking about reality TV. Jojo and Kiki, mamma. <laughs> Jojo and Kiki. Jojo and Kiki. Jojo and Kiki. Jojo and Kiki. Tonight. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. 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 All night. Tomorrow night. All night and every night. All <laughs> night and every night. It's Jojo and Kiki. Jojo and Kiki. Jojo and Kiki. Dancing to the moonlight. Dancing to the starlight. Dance until we go crazy. Jojo and Kiki. With a chick tails and sunglasses. Jojo and Kiki. Jojo and Kiki. Maybe. Maybe. We are so fucking excited. We can't believe it. Cannot believe it. Can't believe it. I really can't. I can't and 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 I can't. Can. We're kind of just scared still a little. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, we're, we're, this is what, how we're dealing with our fear. Um, we are popping bottles, but it's basically Prosecco. We're yeah. keeping the Dom on ice until the motherfucker gets out of the White House. That's right. That's correct. When we see him walk out. Yes. When, when, jo- when Joe Biden and, Harris are on the thing on the stand and Jill. being sworn on oh, <laughs> yeah. Jill and Doug and they're being sworn in we're going to dom it up and you know what the inauguration is always on my birthday including yep. fucking Trump's so we can save the dom for my birthday yeah as well good one we you know Julie's a little more scared or trepidatious to get excited than me right you're a little more like gun shy about what trump's about to do and all these republicans yeah i mean i'm waiting for like the violence i'm waiting for the poo poo boys and the duty heads to come out and with their guns and for bill barr to come up with some bullshit or just some just you know they're gonna do something to take the wind out of the sails i mean joe biden is you know accepting the the presidency so i have to assume that this is this is it this is motherfucking it plus but there could be lots and lots and lots of antics which is why we wait on the dom and we toast the prosecco here we go and let's sip (sighs) fucking cool mama it's a exciting (sighs) moment (laughs) oh well you know it is an exciting moment it is moving and we've come a long way We've come a long motherfucking way to get to this point. I can't quite believe it. Now, I've been crying all day and I refuse to (laughs) let that happen here. (laughs) So everything is moving. Everything is touching. Everything is scary. Everything is, you know, for us. I mean, this podcast started. Yes, it did. It started four years ago and now we're full circle and it's it's exciting. It's exciting. It's scary, obviously. And we've been in um, a pressure cooker 
for four years and now it feels like the vent is is being <laughs> you know turned on on the pressure cooker ninja and the question is going to be did the shit cook <laughs> did the shit cook or is it a mess or did it dehydrate did it dehydrate is it just fucked up is it just a fucking should we have air fried it should we have air fried Instead it so of pressure should, do we leave too much water in it right now for the first time for the first time this entire time is the first time where i've been like huh it might not have cooked it might not have cooked but at the same time i'm like but i'm sure glad i cooked it well i'm so happy i love you i can't believe that we got this far through this podcast that we even kept this podcast <laughs> going this long and that either. we managed really through our hard work to get a woman into the white house <laughs> single-handedly <laughs> double-handedly you and i uh. and it's so fucking crazy and I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of our 14 listeners. We've all learned so much. And they couldn't have done it without us. They no. couldn't have done it without our us and our 14 listeners spreading the word about Mitch McConnell. Completely well, learning how Congress works, which we never knew. I'm proud of all of us, too. And I know that during Joe Biden's speech, he actually thanked us and, <laughs> that was so um, profound when he said thank you to us during us. his speech um, and I love you too and you <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy and we love you guys and thank you so much for just exciting to be on this journey with all of you we have to say so that we don't just sit here and cry for 10 minutes we imagine Joe Biden and Kamala Harris teaming up over a year and a half ago when we named them Jojo and Kiki and then we shit our fucking pants back in August when he officially named her as his running mate. So right now, rather than cry and cry and cry and sit here, we're going to play you the receipts of us celebrating back in August because there are no words to even justify all of the feelings that we feel right now. But also really quick, <laughs> um, if you're new here and didn't hear our Jojo and Kiki episode from August 18th, Please go back and listen to it. We tell you all about how Kamala Harris is a fucking icon and why she's about to be the best thing that ever happened to this country. But for now, here's the flashback of our joy. I want to see the receipts. Kamala Harris. <laughs> fucking oh. Kamala Harris. Woo! Can we even take it? No, we can't. <laughs> we are deceased. We lost our lifestyle. We fell down a well of happiness like baby Jessica and don't want to be saved until she's officially vice president. <sighs> I mean, we've just spent the week glowing. <sighs> We're on twinkle toes. We're on twinkly, tinkly, <laughs> tiddly doodly doo doo toes. If you guys can't hear our smiles... And are twinkling and glowing and smiling and glowing and tooting. <laughs> and you know what, meow meow, per use. Yes. I'm going to have to be a credit monger Please for a few do. minutes. Please do. Because I yes. invented <laughs> yes. the dream <laughs> yes. of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris mm. well over a year ago mm -hmm. on this very podcast. Yes. And I don't even want it to be said that I predicted it because literally no one had even thought about it yet mm -hmm. and i what i did was yeah. i invented it okay mm -hmm. look at the timeline look at the timeline joe biden officially joined the race in april and six weeks later 
I invented his entire future, okay? And the future of the entire world, in fact. Mm -hmm. I'm basically like a hybrid of Nostradamus and Thomas Edison. Well, ever since Joe Biden said during the last tragic socially distanced corona debate with Bernie Sanders that he would commit to choosing a woman as his running mate, we have been waiting for it to be Kamala Harris so that we could finally play this clip from last June. Okay, before we play it real Um, quick, full disclosure. We say her name wrong in the clip. (laughs) We had been pronouncing her name wrong for years until we watched her campaign debut press conference with Joe Biden last week where she made it beyond clear that it was pronounced Kamala. Mm -hmm. You know, it's unfortunate and really kind of ruins (laughs) these receipts. But just know that it truly didn't come from a bad or dismissive place on our part. So I just don't want anyone to get triggered and I don't want anyone to give us their notes, (laughs) most importantly. I want to see the receipts. Here's the mic drop, okay? Mm -hmm. Dropity drop. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about Biden. I'm like, I'm like, you know, my, one of my really, really, really good friends, um, I'm not going to say her name, um, because this isn't even in any shade towards her. Um, cause I know that this is how I was too. She told me, I might've even told this, I've might've told this before, but she told me she didn't know who the vice president is right now. She said she knows Joe Biden mm-hmm. because he was president during Obama. Right. So I knew she will not vote unless Biden is the uh, candidate oh, because right. she will not have she doesn't know she doesn't have any name recognition okay. so because of that I started being like fuck you know what I mean like I would give my left hit to have Elizabeth Warren I just would mm-hmm. but I understand that it probably needs to be Biden because of people like her and anyone who who's disenfranchised who stopped paying attention after Obama which I totally get I totally relate to there is no way I can barely even remember old fucking Tim Kaine or whatever. Like, I would never... If we didn't do this oh, podcast God. and I wasn't around a fucking gay person 99.9% of my entire day, mm-hmm. I would never know Mike Pence. Never in a million years. He's just not a star. He just right. isn't. Mm-hmm. And you just wouldn't know him. He's just background. Right. He's wallpaper. Unless gay people love to, like, make him more than wallpaper. But he's really just wallpaper to yeah. anyone else. Everyone's just like, what? I don't care. Right. Now... What I thought was Biden fucking Kamala Harris. First female, period. First female vice president. You're going to get all the people who loved Obama, who, who aren't paying attention at all, who know Biden's name, with Kamala Harris. Chills. Chills. Um. Chills. Some, I got um, like a you got a titty like hard on. Itch. Well, not oh. a, it's like I thought it looked like I, th- I thought your and boobs looked like they got like a little hard. Yeah, they got itchy. Yeah. And um, <laughs> like she started kind of caressing the front of her boobs. Yeah, because it got like that feeling where you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's like itchy. Yeah. Um, that's genius. Obviously, they would win. How fucking amazing would that be? They'd win. They would win. If and I, I mean, don't get to look at Kamala Harris up in my goddamn eyeball. <laughs> and also, here's the best thing. Here's the best thing. Here's the best thing. Everybody's saying he's only one term because he's 900. Kamala Harris. Becomes president. Yes. For eight fucking years. Yes. <laughs> that is yes. amazing. And I already know everyone's on the, the Mitch McConnell bandwagon because of what? Because of this, this podcast. podcast. That's right. So right now, get into it, everybody. I apologize sincerely. Aranaro, 
Jesse, everyone who loves Bernie, I apologize. I apologize. Listen, I love Elizabeth. I'm not going to get, we're not going to get Liz. We're not going to get fucking no. Betty. We're not going to get Eliza. We're not going to get Liza. No. Liza and Betty. We're not going to get Bitsy. Getting, we're, we're not, not getting, getting any of them. No, we're not. We're, we're not, not getting Betty Buckley and Liza Minnelli on <laughs> yeah. stage. Liza Warren. We're not getting them. It's Eliza uh, Liza with a Z. We're not getting it. <laughs> no. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're going to take Biden and Kamala and you know what? Our fucking panties are going to fly off and we're going to say thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Imagine them together. You guys. Now imagine. Uh, take it mm. to the fucking streets. Kamala. I mean, it's mm. beyond. It is beyond. We can look yeah. at Biden grabbing her shoulders. Oh. Kissing her on the back of the head. Oh my God. It's It'll hugging. Re- uh. It's it's like this. Arms all oh, all grabbing. The, and then you have Jill Biden, who's also and a star. Jill and her Jill can hug. hug and, that yes. one, and then Jill and the, her man, Kamala's husband, they'll hug. I didn't even and know Kamala was married. That she's married. Me. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> she's married. If I don't get one million tweets about this and Patreon messages. Biden Harris. Biden Harris. Biden Harris. Biden Harris. And that is the matchup. Yep. Miach up. That is the, (laughs) that is the Miach up. You're right. It is. Jojo and Kiki. (laughs) Jojo and Kiki. Jojo Jojo and and fucking Kiki, you guys. Jojo and Kiki. It's beyond. It is beyond. And we will take Jojo and Kiki to the streets like nobody's biz. And people will be like, don't nickname them that. And we'll go, yes, we are. Uh, no, I'm getting a street uh, um, yard yeah. sign. It's going to say Jojo and Kiki for president. Uh, if we don't win a Peabody for that, something <laughs> is wrong with the world. I mean, we should have been fucking invited to the Democratic National Convention. We gave them the idea. And we were snubbed. Again. We are not invited to the thing. <laughs> we should be part of the conversation. We're not. I apparently didn't learn not to how to yell right into the microphone. <laughs> Jesus, I almost broke my own fucking eardrums off. It was Jojo and Kiki. The excitement was just palpable, you guys. Yeah. It was palpable. And it went like corona droplets floating out of our mouths <laughs> out and we basically infected all of America mm-hmm. with the wonderful, beautiful, perfect idea mm-hmm. of Jojo and Kiki. And like every other thirst bucket, we had to immediately fucking put the video of you with Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. And mm, oh, oh, I had to send it. I had to remind my parents. You know, oh, what I mean? sent it out. People were like, you already sent this to me. This is now the second time in five minutes. I go, OK, I got lost <laughs> in my address book. I not only did I have to do you and Kamala Harris from the LGBTQ town hall. Mm-hmm. I also then, of course, had to write. We came up with this shit. We came up with this, shit. <laughs> this clout chasing credit mongering oh. for days. Meow meow, how obsessed are you with these fucking wild bars? I'm eating one literally right now. I'm finishing it up right now in my mouth. I mean, you love like healthy stuff anyway. I do. But I don't. And here's the deal with these. I mean, it's honestly, it's been life changing. These wild bars, they're protein bars, but I don't even want to call it that because it just doesn't even strike me like that. Like some dumb chalky covered in chocolate. I don't like protein bars mm-hmm. i find like those chocolate ones that are like yeah. are peanut butter i'm like get right. that chalky ass my mouth is coated yep i feel it's, i just i just don't get down on it yeah. at all like at all and they're super corporate usually and yeah. just that whole that whole situation so these wild bars here's the deal for whatever reason i don't know what went wrong in my life but i know literally more than one man that owns a a CrossFit gym? How do I know? I know at least three people that own CrossFit gyms. I don't know. I don't know where the wrong turn went, but or the right turn. I don't do CrossFit. 
or even go into CrossFit gyms. Those are like for really fit people who like do stuff like that. But my friends own a CrossFit gym. I was there. They had these bars. Okay. They weren't for sale. They were just there. And I guess these wild bars are like, like big in the jujitsu scene. I don't don't even know. Like I'm like, oh, we're dealing with some MMA protein bar here. So I tried it. I got obsessed, which I then brought to you because I knew your goddamn lesbian head would blow off. Yeah. Because it's isn't covered in in chocolate. No, at all. It's nothing like a normal protein bar. It's like a trail mix glued together. The texture is as if someone made it at home and then gave it to you. It tastes so... Imagine the texture of a Rice Krispies treat, but denser. It's so good. And it's, it's so good. And it does not taste corporate. It at doesn't all. feel like small children made them in Vietnam and sent them here on a barge. No, I feel like a buff man made it in his <laughs> oven that he made with his own hands. That's what it feels like in a kiln. You guys, it they're so I really can't I can't say enough good things. Like we we're they've been life changing for us. There's thirteen grams of protein and 50 grams of carbs and five grams of sugar. And the thing is, is that it's the mixture. So let me just tell you this. On our diet journey, of course, I have to go back into all the old tricks of the dieting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I came across when we weren't on our diet journey, when you you know when you're not dieting, but you love to hear about it for your right. future plans of when you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. There's some bitch, I forget her name, but she has this. You'll know my Max. I talked to you about it. She has this thing called she's like an Instagram influencer and she's got this thing called in every meal you want to have like the four things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Protein, fat, fiber and carbs. Right. That's what she says that you want to have in every meal. And then she specializes in making these protein shakes. But you always want to look for protein, fat, fiber and carbs. And her theory, I should know her name because that's rude, but I don't care because this is about Wild Bar anyway. But her theory is that when you have those things present, you're so much more, your hunger is satiated. So a lot of people, when they work out or they their first thing of the day is like a protein shake. A lot of people, I do that. Like I don't eat breakfast. We don't usually eat until afternoon. So if you work out, you have something protein or a protein shake. A lot of times the protein shakes can be thin or people do juice fasts, but juices right. and shit like that, that doesn't, that doesn't satisfy your hunger. It actually... You know, according to the experts, it spikes the blood sugar and, 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 and then you get hungry later and cravings. And blah, blah, blah. Her theory is when you eat the right amount of protein, fat, fiber and carbs in one sitting, you get full. The crazy thing about these bars, you guys, you I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they are 200 fucking calories. I that is nothing. It is like that woman said in her theory, it makes you so satisfied and full it really does like it's like in the thing with bars is that you're supposed to throw them in your bag you're supposed to throw them in your gym bag you're supposed to throw them in your car meow meow loves you guys know bitch <laughs> loves a beverage to go and a snacky to go mm-hmm. now i'm a person who some some people it's easier to satiate than others i am a person who can eat a lot of food okay so if you're a person like me who can eat a ton like I guess a grown man who's a wrestler <laughs> and can tear down a, a huge tree with his bare hands yeah I'm like that 
it's the only you don't need it with anything else you know sometimes you eat things because i know i feel like this with the regular protein bar i'm like um I'm, i just ate this and i wish i had a bag of chips with it or yeah. i need something else with it but not this you can eat this whole thing then you're done and you're like it, you know what that was enough it is i'm telling you right now it it's paleo vegan no refined sugars non-gmo gluten-free there's three flavors pineapple blueberry and cherry mm-hmm. It'll have like hemp seed and cherry, hemp seed and blueberry, but mm-hmm. hemp seed and pineapple. They're all amazing. It's clearly for people who work out, but I'm here to tell you, if you are trying to diet and that means counting calories, getting below 1,500, 1,200 calories a day, or even if you're doing, taking on, a lot of people are starting intermittent fasting, which we have been doing since literally 1998. Um <laughs> It will help you intermittent fast when you're hitting, if you're not going to eat until two or one, you know what I mean? Like you finally hit two and you eat this, you got another two hours, you got another two hours and you, it really does. The the 80s technology of Ziploc bags filled with nuts. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. This is in your car. Buy an entire box. I'm telling you right now, buy an entire box. Keep it in your car and you will not be pulling over Jack in the Box. You will not be like, you know what? I'm going to get the jalapeno poppers from Jack. I'm not going to get a hamburger. I'm just going to get a cheeseburger. I'm just going to get the jalapeno poppers. No, that no. Eat the wild bar in your car. You're, I'm, it will get your diet so hard. It has honestly... Yep saved 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 the diet saved it it's true so all you need to do is go to wildbar.co co not com co wildbar.co and then at checkout put in promo code dumbgay15 and you're going to get 15 percent off your first order that's 15 percent off your first order go to wildbar.co and then at checkout put in promo code dumbgay15 you will not regret it it's going to change your life i'm sure dude's going to go on shark tank All right, now that we've spent 15 minutes making this whole thing about us, it's time for us to finally talk about what happened to both sides, meow meow, during this shitty ass election. And don't worry, we're not gonna cry anymore. (laughs) Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. Know what no fuck that Well, 
It took four days, but the election results finally came in, and we're moving on up, girl. We are moving the fuck on up. Hopefully. Maybe. Possibly. Well, most likely. I mean, you know. Fingers crossed. What can we do? What can we do? And And it might depend on who you talk to, too, because I'm sure there's quite a significant amount of people who think, no. Well, Mitch McConnell. Right. The Republicans. Right. All of those people. But either way, regardless of what happens, history has been made. Kamala Harris is the first woman to ever be elected on a presidential ticket. And I have a feeling, I really truly do, that there are lots of women out there who didn't even think they gave a fuck about the empowerment of it all. But now that she's actually there, they're feeling great about it, honey. (laughs) They are feeling fucking fantastic. Mm -hmm. And they are not going to want to see Donald Trump ruin it with his bullshit. I think he'd have an easier time fighting the results if it was like two white men. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I really do. But, but, you know, but that's not stopping him from fighting it. He still hasn't conceded the race. He hasn't, in fact, addressed it at all since the results came in on Saturday. So weird. I, 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 the word on the street is that the Republicans and Trump's inner circle are divided on how to move forward. As of now, there are no plans for that meeting that they all have where the incoming president is invited by the outgoing president for the so-called peaceful transfer of power. We have a shot glass that one of the 14 listeners gave us of that meeting. Yes. Trump and Obama. And it's like Obama's like in the shot glass. I think he might be flipping him off or he's doing something <laughs> on the shot glass. But you, I mean, I was definitely with you and we watched that meeting and it was just. Oh, and there are awful. videos. There are videos now you can go on. Look for um, Biden, Jill, Jill and Joe and Mike and Karen and their oh, they whole had thing. One? Yes, oh, the of vice course. President, I didn't know the vice presidents do mm-hmm. it. And they have one and there's like a nice video of them. And a, sort of walking out of the White House with the four of them and the the press being like, so how did it go? And Joe Biden is like, it went great. What's up? And, you know, it's just like. I wish they would have brought Hunter in and just had Hunter ugh. sitting there just to scare old Karen's wop. Oh, my God. Because, you know, Karen's like, hi, Hunter. Yeah, of course. <laughs> They'd be like, we can't be alone with or even in a room at all with someone this edgy and just so present in the moment mm. and scary. So I heard, though, that Trump's team, I heard this for real. They're trying to figure out how to make him feel validated mm-hmm. in losing. So they're planning all these rallies to like pump up his ego. So maybe he'll grow some balls and fucking step down like a man. Supposedly, Ivanka, Jared and Melania are on the side of where they think he should concede. Mm-hmm. But his tiny dick minion sons, Don Jr. and Eric, think he should keep pushing back with the lawsuits. And like you said before, most of the Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, are trying to play it off like they didn't just get hit by a car. <laughs> and they, too, have not acknowledged the results at all. Oh, no. And it's so fucking gross and stupid and tacky. They are so gross. Ted Cruz, also another one. Has he not said anything? Oh, he has. Oh, no. You know, he has every right to go and the the results. Oh, he's like Lindsey Graham saying, we're going to fight this. Mm -hmm. And there is no feasible way that Trump's legal strategy to contest the results could actually work unless they blackmail people or pay them off to lie. And if Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are keeping quiet, then that must mean that they've got enough shady people in their pockets to make the shit a real possibility. Yeah. And you know, they fucking do. Seriously, that's what's so scary. It completely happened in 2000 with George Bush and Al Gore, which was the last time the vote count was legally contested, okay? 
So the whole thing was shady as fuck with the hanging chat and blah, blah, blah. But it only gets more upsetting and scary if you go back and read the Wikipedia meow meow. It is horrifying. Basically, the results in Florida were inconclusive, okay? Mm -hmm. So the Florida Supreme Court voted for a statewide recount, okay? Mm -hmm. But it was so close, it looked like a recount would result in Bush losing Florida to Gore. So the Republican Party, this is facts. Who knows if it's facts, but this is on Wikipedia. They paid a shit ton of money and hired an army of legal experts to come in and file an emergency request with the United States Supreme Court, okay, rocking it and living it with the gator, asking them to overrule the Florida Supreme Court and to basically stay, meaning stop, the Florida recount. Like, stop the recount, okay? Like, stop the count? Yeah. Like Trump says, stop the count? Yeah, we're going to stop it. And since the U.S. Supreme Court at that time, Mamau had five conservative judges, they voted in favor of stopping the fucking recount. And the rest is history. I'm just going to tell you, Al Gore, in the first initial thing, he had lost one county, let's say, by 1,500, or, or let's say it's the state, I don't even know what it is, by 1,500 votes. There was already an automatic recount that happens if you're that close. He got down to within 350. Oh, my God. And they were like, we're fucked. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't. And they petitioned the Supreme Court. And they fucking agreed. And that is completely fucked up. And that's why we're everybody scared. Because we know that this is the reason the Republicans rushed Amy Corny through the process so they could have a major majority on the Supreme Court. And they do. They have more now than they did then. They have six conservatives on the bench ready to vote any which way the Republicans pay them to. And you know that's what they do. They might have a job for life, but their salaries are set. And everybody loves a secret holiday bonus. I know I do. Oh, I do too. (laughs) I am waiting. Send the shady money on. I'm... This podcast will quickly turn into a Trump podcast. MAGA, <laughs> send us the money. Send us the checks. We are for hire. And you know Amy Corny isn't above getting paid because oh, she'll please. be able to justify it all night long. They're all looking for their paycheck. It's Everyone is. You can't help it. We're Americans and we suck and we're awful and we're gross. And they for sure pay them. If you're even sitting there for one second thinking, oh, that's just that's just so far-fetched, they for sure pay them, which is why... That Bush-Gore recount case in 2000 cost, and this is facts again, the Republican Party a shit ton of money. I mean, they literally like almost went bankrupt. Now, let's just say there's profoundly more dark money floating around the Republican Party now in 2020. That was Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Right. But here's the thing. That was just one state. One state. Trump is planning to contest the results in at least Four states, if not more. And those states are Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, and Michigan. And also, in 2000, they had a huge legal team of the smartest lawyers who volunteered to work with them. Now, Trump didn't have any legal experts volunteering to help him with his voter fraud cases. All he had were his same old tired lawyers like Rudy Giuliani, who is so fucking clearly on the take that he's holding press conferences about the cases from the parking lot of a landscaping company. A landscaping company that probably pads their books, launders their money, and then buries bodies for them. I just can't. I can't. And and may I say, that same press conference. Landscaping company. Right. Oh, the Four Seasons Landscaping uh-huh, Company. Which is a woman-owned company. For shame. For, for shame, shame. Needed to tweet out 
that they would have done that for any presidential campaign. They are not partisan. They are American. Oh, I'm sure they don't bury bodies and launder money mm-hmm. for Rudy Giuliani and the mob. It's I'm probably sure. the godmother who owns it. <laughs> exactly. But you're right. He didn't start out with any fucking anyone even interested. Like the amount of lawyers that came forward to be like, let's rock this Florida hanging Chad, yeah. bitches. But on Friday, get this, the hideous fucking governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, had his team send out a, quote, call for Republican lawyers saying there were ballots left to be counted and the state party is assembling a team of highly qualified lawyers to ensure that the process is fair and transparent. Mm -hmm. This is clearly a lie as we know. Watch the documentary, honey. Brian Kemp himself literally, literally stole the governor election from Stacey Abrams in 2018. It's unbelievable don't even watch it if you are if you're on the edge and you're where meow meow and i are <laughs> don't even watch that shit it is beyond depressing the mm-hmm. fact that Stacey abrams bounced back and is showing up i would have crawled into a hole and been like life's not fair <laughs> why did this happen to me mm-hmm. he stole that shit from her now that is actually part of the reason that george is turning blue now so there's that yeah but brian kemp is so fucking skilled at stealing georgia elections that people like andrew yang andrew and eleanor yang are literally moving to georgia to help fight (laughs) all of the fraud and also the two georgia senate seats which are both going to a runoff in january and we know the republicans will literally do anything not to lose the senate can you believe that can you believe i cannot believe that our our best friend (laughs) our bff andrew yang is moving to georgia that's amazing so clearly this is about to cost democrats a lot of money too george soros and bloomberg better mail out some prepaid debit cards because we need to win those georgia senate seats just as bad as they do get the bribes on tap bitches (sighs) wow stop being pussies wow let's do this let's do this but let's talk about what happened with the senate Because those results are more inconclusive than the presidency. Right. So technically, as of today, which is Tuesday, the full results aren't in. It's just, I just, I don't even, Mm -hmm. I can't. I Mm -hmm. just don't understand. How can you count millions of votes in one night, but you can't count the (laughs) mail-in votes in one more night? Like, we should have had all of the results in two days. I'm fine. Take one night to do the day of, and Mm -hmm. the next night do mail-in. This is just a different system. We got to look at number two pencils. We got to look at the ink. I don't get And also, as they mail in, why aren't you just counting them? Yeah. Go ahead and change your bullshit (laughs) fucking standards. Okay. So we're still waiting on North Carolina and Alaska. But it looks like, to be fair, the Republican nominee is going to win in both of those states. Mm -hmm. So who knows in fucking 30 business days when those are finally called, we're just going to assume those are both going to go to Republicans, right? right? Right. So Republicans will then have a lead 50 to 48 over Democrats. Right. But... Now, the thing is, there are still two more Senate seats up for grabs in Georgia, and that won't be decided until January. Exactly. Now, it's a very big long shot. But if Democrats manage to subvert the massive Republican voter suppression (laughs) in Georgia and win both of those seats, then that means that the Senate would be tied and the vice president is always the tie-breaking vote in the Senate and the vice president better be and as we know is kamala harris i mean i i I just just imagine that let that sink in it better fucking be but there's people walking around who legitimately believe that this thing could be 
We saw it with the Hanging Chad memo. That Al is, Gore won the popular vote even then. I mean, I don't remember and I don't know and I didn't look it up. I don't know if Gore did an acceptance speech and was like, I'm the president now. We're getting the fucking cut. We're getting all the no, team it, together. It, it did not go that far. No. So the fact that Biden's gone that far says to me, you know, that now the granted, Supreme Trump, Court won't do it. Uh, not that they won't, but that if they do, that would be. Wow. I mean, the guy has accepted the fucking presidency and is already putting his cabinet together. I believe the Supreme Court is going to allow whatever the Republican Party wants, whatever Mm -hmm. recounts. And then if they can get in there and do some literal Watergate fucking bullshit, then I think they're going to do it. Yeah, well, then I guess the Democrats need to get in there and they need to like, we need to do some serious let's wrestling those, in there. Let's get those prepaid debit cards yep. on lock. Yep. Let's get them. <laughs> but whatever, we're going to be talking a lot about the Senate runoff election in Georgia over the next two months. But the thing to think about, and I know this is also why Andrew Yang is moving there, is that in addition to the massive voter suppression, there's also just going to actually be a real voter fatigue and general disinterest that happens in every single state after a presidential election. Very few people show out for anything but presidential elections. I mean, people don't even really care about the midterms, meow meow, much less a special runoff election in January (laughs) for one or two things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're not going out like, it's time to vote for the city council (laughs) in a a weird June election in an off year. No, no, but they're going to make this such a spectacle. The Democratic Party is going to have to be really, really strategic about informing people Mm -hmm. and motivating them to show up. Absolutely, 100%. Oh my God, the Republicans in Georgia are so shady that they're calling for the Republican Secretary of State of Georgia to resign simply because they didn't win. They literally say he bungled the election because he couldn't force the win. And that's, by the way, what Brian Kemp was before he was governor. He was secretary of state and in charge of the voting, which is why he was able to control all of the voter suppression. And that's why they hate the new guy, because they're like, Brian Kemp cheated. Why didn't you? And he's like, I didn't know how. (laughs) Exactly. Because he would have. Exactly. We need Michelle Obama to move there and walk up and down the neighborhoods knocking on doors and making people shit their pants for the next two months. And that is true. Oprah needs to go there. Oprah needs to go. I don't even know who whoever would excite any celebrity. Lady Gaga needs to go there. All I could think of was Michelle Obama and Oprah of who could show up at my door and I would piss. Probably Paris Hilton. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go on ahead. I would shit. Nene lives in Atlanta. Get to step in fucking Nene if Nene showed up. I couldn't even answer the door. I could more easily answer the door to Oprah uh-huh. than I could to Nini. I'd be so scared <laughs> of my love and her mm. not returning my love. And I'd be like, is she going to tell me to go to bed with? Do I want her to? I hope she does. I don't. Do I not want her to? Do I want her to? I mean, we need every single fucking celebrity. Yes, every single one. Like they did a, a princess bride reading. Yes, that's right. For like the Wisconsin Democratic Party. And that even worked. Wisconsin turned. This is, it, it's that simple. Like if the Princess Bride cast can do it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know who it is, but find out who it is. (laughs) Just send them all. Whoever the think tank that finds out, the pollsters, the polling, that's what you need to poll. The pollsters, by the way, close up shop, good night, pick a bed, go to bed, pick a bed, go to bed. What you need to be polling is- Pick a bed, go to sleep. (laughs) You need to poll. You need to poll is- who people are watching, who they're looking on Influenced social media, by. who they're it's such yeah, a good idea. Who they're influenced. I don't give a. They don't stop care asking about. that. Just say, would you be more impressed if Lady yes. Gaga, yep. Oprah, or Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. or Barack Obama, mm-hmm. or Malia Obama Fine. came to your door? Fill that out. That's the poll. 
And now it's time for our very first post-election quarantine skier. Now it's time for Brandy and I to ride our tiny bicicleta to skew. This is our segment called Time for Skew, where a live person teaches us something. And today, we are going to learn everything we can in 30 minutes about what the fuck is going to happen in America now that the 2020 presidential election is basically over. And our quarantine teacher for the day is one of YouTube's greatest educators, Mr. B. Now, we always love riding our tiny bicicleta to skier, and we have learned so much from all of our past teachers, but our teacher today, Mr. Beat, is an actual teacher, like as his job. He's not just a YouTube sensation, he's literally a high school social studies teacher, for real. The man stands in a room, or he used to before coronavirus, and he teaches teenagers about American government and economics. He's a renegade, he's a role model, and he's a goddamn revelation. And not for nothing, you guys know, you guys know that I hate men. But I'm low-key obsessed with Mr. B, which is why it hasn't even been four weeks since he was last on our podcast. But we begged him to come back and teach us more stuff. Right. And he's ready to teach us. But the problem is, technically, as of right now, we still don't really know for sure who will be running Congress or the White House in 2021. It's only the first week after Election Day, and a lot can and probably will happen between now and the inauguration in January. Joe Biden was called the winner, but Donald Trump has refused to concede, and we also have no definitive answer as to which party will control the Senate, because Georgia's two Senate races have gone to a runoff election that will take place in January. So the country is in for a lot of toxic bullshit over the next two months, and I hate the holidays anyways, so I'm going to be a real tree. <laughs> well, there's no way we're going to wait two months to find out how the hell anything can get done with a president who won't leave, and the very real possibility we will end up with Congress run by Republican assholes again. So without further ado, please welcome our teacher for the day, Mr. Beat. Hi, Hello, Mr. Mr. Beat. <laughs> Hello. Julie's never so Thanks excited. Yeah, she loves having you come teach us stuff. I love Mr. B. So thank you so much for coming back to our show. We're so happy you didn't get fired after your last appearance. <laughs> they probably still don't know about that last episode, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay, good. So, okay, here's the deal. Here's what we want to do today. So we're going to go over all of the possible scenarios for what the three branches of our government could look like in 2021. And we want you to tell us who gets to make the final decision in each of the scenarios. The decisions will be on things such as bills, laws, precedents, <laughs> judicial nominees, White House cabinet nominees, and whether or not the votes counted in certain states and if Trump is going to actually have to go or will he be able to stay. Okay. So the first scenario we're going to do is the most important one. Well, it's the most important one to us. And it's the reason we really wanted to have you on our post-election episode. So we need all your top teaching skills here. Okay. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> scenario number one. Joe Biden is president, but the Republicans own the Senate. 
how can anything get done? Yeah, so what it's looking like right now is North Carolina is probably going to go to uh, the Republican, and so that means they would have 50 seats, and then Georgia has a runoff election, which they could get. I would say it's theoretically possible that both Democrats could get those two seats in Georgia and then make it 50-50. Uh, and if it's 50-50, that means uh, the vice president gets to break the tie. Or that would be Kamala Harris, the first female vice president in American history, which is uh, pretty slow amazing. Clap, slow <laughs> clap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our real question, and we wanted, to, we have wanted to have you on since a week before the election because we knew there was a real possibility we weren't going to get the Senate because that would just be too right and too good <laughs> for the world. Can Joe Biden, if as president, can he override the Senate majority leader and take a bill to the floor? Because what we know, Julie and I, and we don't know much, but it's that Mitch McConnell, who is the current Senate majority leader, he's kept a lot of bills from even getting to have a vote. Oh, that's such a good question. I don't, it's going to be still tough because the Senate majority leader, which is still Mitch McConnell, if they do have 51 or 52 in the uh, in the chamber, uh, bringing bills directly to the Senate floor is just theoretically they could. Because how could Obama have gotten them to vote on the Affordable Care Act like otherwise? Because didn't Republicans own the Senate at that time and the House? No. I know this seems kind of crazy because the last decade has been we've gotten used to re- Republican control. But no, before, before 2010, before the Tea Party movement kind of was huge and got a bunch of Republicans back in the House and Senate, those first two years of the Obama presidency, he had a majority. And is that when he got the Affordable Care Act through? Because I thought it was later. It was enacted in March of 2010. Yep, I was right. So that was before the 2010 election. So they were able to get in, get in there. And remember, a lot of the Tea Party Republicans that got in there, they got in there because they campaigned against Obamacare. Okay, okay so, <laughs> so just... we're basically we're screwed. I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought there must be a way for the president to insist on taking a bill because if they have a fifty-one majority, let's say they could potentially threaten Susan Collins mm-hmm. and Lisa Murkowski. They could get people to get on their side, like when John McCain did the thumbs down. If they can't even get a bill for a vote then nothing's going to happen for, for the next two years till the midterms. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the Senate rules do say that the vice president cannot introduce legislation. Um, now, technically, the vice president is the in charge of the Senate, which is more of like a token right. title, you know, like they and so they can't really do much. But yeah, like it isn't looking very good. You would have to somehow influence those more moderate Republicans like Murkowski. And, but it wouldn't matter and, yeah, if, if, if Mitch McConnell wouldn't take it to the floor, right? But maybe we maybe well, there is a thing where Kamala Harris can pull like a Dick Cheney and be like, yo, I'm running the Senate now. You never know. But like, honestly, I don't know if we want to set that precedent. I think that <laughs> the, the good the goodness about someone like Joe Biden is that he is very good at working with people that have different views than him. And he's actually I think he's gotten so far in politics all these years because of being so pragmatic and like and he, he has historically gotten along with um, Republicans. And so. If he can somehow just cozy up with Mitch McConnell and just say, hey, look, are you willing to meet me halfway? And if we can just wish for the best, I know that, I mean, Mitch McConnell, of course, is such a such a toxic figure. I mean, I think objectively speaking, and he's really been really bad for the Senate. But if somehow he moderates and you at least get bills 
to be voted on. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry to be so like. No, I mean it's it's at least you're not completely ruining all of our hopes and dreams. But you have to tell the, us the truth. I mean, we want the heart. We know that with the last the end of Obama, nothing was happening. So what can he do with executive orders then? Let's go there. If we're stuck for for two years and in just Mitch McConnell yes. cock blocking everything. <laughs> Isn't it fun saying cock to a high school teacher? <laughs> it's a technical term. It's a government um, yeah. civics term. I'm not used to my students saying that to me, but yeah. Uh, so executive orders are still an option. I think remember that the president's job is to enforce laws that are already on the books. And I think uh, there, I mean, Obamacare is still the law. It's not completely dismantled. Um, and so he can issue executive orders. Now, there is a question of what the Supreme Court will do, um, but I think a lot of people are worried about Amy Coney Barrett. I don't think people should be as worried. I think that um, they, most of the time, these justices, they it gets political when they first get in there, but once they're in there, they're just like, I'm going to do what I want. I don't care. I don't ever have to worry about getting elected. I can... And so I think she's going to moderate over the years, just as we've seen with, with John Roberts. And we've already seen uh, Gorsuch and even Kavanaugh moderate on some things. Like, So I really don't think people should be afraid of the Supreme Court as much as some of have been. So and next just, week they vote on this the Obamacare thing next week, right? They're, they were supposed to. They might have delayed it. Yeah. I uh, Last I heard they were still voting on it. But So if, let's say they voted um, down, even though I choose to believe – that I think what you're saying sounds sounds smart, and we have seen people moderate. And I watched for a full week people tell Democrats, "Don't worry, just be patient; it'll be fine." And it was fine. That's so true. with the election, so but let's just say that they do vote down the Affordable Care Act. He can't then do anything about it in two months with executive order, Biden, or can he? I mean, he could, and but then the court could just turn around and then declare his executive order unconstitutional. So that's um, how that or, works. Like they can literally, he, a president can reverse anything. The Supreme court. Mm, no, not really. But the thing is, okay, there's a big difference between the judicial branch and the executive branch. They're, they're outsiders looking in because the law is the law. And so the legislative branch is the most important branch. Whenever you hear someone say the three branches are co-equal branches, that's literally wrong. Like, legislative branch they pass the law it's on the books the president's just there to enforce what's already there judicial branch okay they're basically the what if branch you know like well okay what if this happens but a lot of times they can be overridden by what the executive branch does they can basically go back and forth and kind of snaggle their way through getting what they want so <laughs> and they can go on perpetually who's the most powerful branch the legislative branch Can all of his judicial nominate, whether they be appellate judges or whatever, can Mitch McConnell just stop all of those for the next two years? No, when it comes to votes for like um, actual positions in in the uh, executive branch, um, there's little that he can do to stop that. I think I don't think that's going to be much of an issue, honestly. I mean, we are living in unprecedented times and a lot of the stuff is not in the Constitution. It's just literally based on tradition. So. I guess okay. that's a little. So basically, with, with Merrick Garland, they just knew they didn't have the numbers and they were fucked, and they were all just going to vote now. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't so. realize that. Did you? Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. This is why we have you here, Mr. B. This is why we have you here. <laughs> they can own the numbers, but with things like the cabinet and then judges, which are automatically to go before the Senate. At that point, we have the power to do politics. That's the name of the game, right? Go in there and politic and start blackmailing bitches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then the other thing is, too, that. At the end of the day, these are mostly just politicians that care about getting reelected and staying in power. And so even Mitch McConnell is going to kind of see, oh, okay, well, there's four and a half million people, more more people that voted for this uh, this Biden fellow. And it looks like maybe the country's turning away from Trump a little bit. And maybe I should, you know, look at the future of the party. Do we want to stick with that? Because really the platform right now is whatever Trump says goes but that's going to change. They're going to change their platform, and, and Trump may end up losing influence, especially as we're seeing right now that he's he's not going down gracefully. So uh, I don't know if that's helping him at all. Are you op- like are you optimistic about a Biden cabinet, like him getting the cabinet he wants? Because Mitch McConnell has also said he's not going to go for any super liberal appointees. I don't think Joe Biden's going to have any super liberal appointees. He's already said he's going to have Republicans in his, his cabinet. And so I think most of them will get through. I mean, there might be some that definitely get held back. I mean, but we see that all the time. We see that every time that there's, I remember Betsy DeVos barely got through. But she sure did, and she stuck around the entire time. (laughs) Yeah, one of the few. Yeah, exactly. Of Of course, one of the main ones we wanted gone from the first minute, and she's the only one that pretty much lasted from that initial vote. Okay, so here's a second scenario. (laughs) Joe Biden is president. And the Senate is tied. <laughs> what the fuck happens then? And has that ever happened in history? Well, historically, we've actually not been so partisan as far as appointments for positions in the cabinet or even Supreme Court justices or federal judges. Um, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg got in there pretty easily. She was, uh, I think she only had like 15 or 20 nays versus the rest yays. And so, uh, yeah, we live in very partisan times. I like to think, though, that Biden is someone who can possibly bring at least some of those Republicans to his side. Um, And so I I think as far as judges and cabinet positions, I do think um, that shouldn't be too much of an issue getting those in. Now, for legislation, um, yeah, 50-50 tie, like I said earlier, that means that uh, Vice President Kamala Harris would have the tiebreaker ability, and she'd probably use it more than any other vice president in the first two years, at least, in, in American history. Yes. You would see it yes. all the time. Yes. Yeah. We're almost into it. Fuck even winning. Yeah, Let's just I, get 50-50 so we can watch Kamala Harris run chop. Yeah. I mean, it may then. so then who is there even a Senate majority leader? Because there's no majority. There would not be a majority leader, but there'd still be a leader of the party. Right. As I have their, right. So it'd be it'd be Chuck and Mitch, and it would be Ugh. them basically. There would be hardly anything getting done. It would be even harder to bring something. But how, why would Mitch be able to have any um, power to say what went to the floor if it's a tied? Uh, yeah, you know, like how, I, he one well, votes no, one votes yes. Then Kamala Harris comes like, and no, goes, "Bring it to the floor, yeah. you bitch." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Because that's what's what's been most disheartening for me to see in the last um, few years is that you can't even get that many votes to begin with. They can't even yeah they even can't amend. Mitch McConnell doesn't take bills. anything for them to vote on, so nothing changes. Yeah, yeah. 
So at least that would get better, I think, yeah. Um, I mean, we are... Yeah, you're right. He, he would not be a majority leader. Yeah, he would be just... Uh, I don't even know what they call that. I, I, so do you know if yeah. that this has ever happened in history, where they're split 50-50? It was in 2001 in the 107th Congress. That wasn't very long, though. It says here that, um, yeah, that was only for like a few weeks. Yeah, 17 days. So that that's <laughs> that's not a very good thing to, to look back for. So it's really a, this would really be unprecedented. But Dick Cheney, as we know from the movie Vice, he ran shop mm-hmm. as vice president. He was the first one who ever really did that, and he profoundly changed American government mm-hmm. and America. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, you said earlier in your lesson that we didn't want to set a bad president like that, you know. But sorry, if yeah. that's what it comes down well, to, if it's fifty fifty tie, and Kamala Harris has to go in there and like throw her <laughs> wop all over everyone, then she will. <laughs> That really I is. do have to bring up uh, the the fact that we in the early years of our country we did this was much more common where um, the the vice president would break more ties and apparently the leader of all is uh, John C Calhoun back in the 1820s uh, had 31 tie breaking votes and so it's not like wow you know we, we might break that record I guess is what I'm trying to say who but was, it's, it's who happened was he, before who is his president. Uh, John Quincy Adams, but also Andrew Jackson. He was kind of, he got around to different political parties. He was uh, both in, because <laughs> John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson hated each other, were opposite political parties, but he was vice president for both. Well, I just want to clarify, if Joe Biden is president and we end up in the runoff in January and with a 50-50 split of the Senate, ultimately Kamala Harris will she can break the tie on any decision that includes what legislation sees the floor because Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell will be equal and she will be the one who's the boss of them. And so we'll really still have the majority in the Senate. So that's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's still possible. Still possible. It's completely possible. (laughs) Now I'm sure lots of people will end up dead between now and (laughs) I mean, honestly, I would be so scared if I was anywhere near Oh Those God. two Senate races yeah. in Georgia. I'd be quitting my job quickly. Yep. yep. All right. Well, <laughs> the dream scenario. Joe Biden's president, Democrats on the Senate and the House. And at that point, can we literally just do every single thing we want? Like like anything we want? Well, I mean, not anything you want, but uh, a lot would get done. Yeah, you would see a very similar situation to 2009 and 2010 where the Democrats had both houses back then and yeah you'd see some major reforms i really think you would now as far as um big things like a lot of times like the old um precedent was you needed a super majority um, which was in the senate 60 votes oh yeah i wanted um, to ask you about that when you say big things something that basically uh dramatically d- did change the law i mean i would consider uh obamacare uh, supermajority legislation. They did have a 60th vote because they had a Republican that changed to Democrat, Arlen Specter. So yeah, I know it's hard to imagine, but the Democrats had 60 votes to pass Obamacare it's back a- in 2009. Wow, it's beyond uh, hard to imagine, and it's every day, especially because we weren't, we didn't know shit about Congress at that time. We were just like, Obama's president. Yeah, Woo, where's yeah. the wine? Does it take a supermajority to take those things away? No, they. Technically speaking, they could they they would not need a supermajority to to pass things like that. Again, there's nothing in the Constitution about this. Like, on like the, the only thing that the Constitution says is, is that specifies a supermajority is amendments. And so, if they wanted to actually amend the Constitution, then they would have to have 
Okay. Uh, 66% of both houses. So, yeah. It's, and then what about and then what about amending the Supreme Court? That obviously would take a supermajority. Because like, that's, I mean, it's been something they've been talking about. Yeah, it, it, I think looking at precedent, yes. But we do live in unprecedented times. And again, there's nothing in that I am aware of, and unless I'm just a bad government teacher, uh, but because we had the filibuster, you know, the uh, the but the filibuster just has gone out the window. It's like well, Mitch McConnell got rid of it, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, uh, exactly. We're gonna. This is the end. We're gonna let you go. We just have one last question. You <laughs> taught us how everything will work in each possible scenario. I, for one, am feeling good. <laughs> Are you, Mamma? I am feeling good. I'm really kind of. I'm really um <laughs> really feeling this Georgia thing like I wasn't earlier but now I'm kind of like I can see it I can see it it's a long shot and it's Georgia and I don't know but it's so possible it's right there it's right there Mr. B you're so soothing anyway your yeah. optimism your pragmatism <laughs> it's very soothing so what do your Mr. B spidey senses tell you <laughs> is going to happen in January with Trump, with the Senate, just what it, what's your, what's going to be your prediction? Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, it's okay if it's not, not gonna, good news. <laughs> Trump's not going to go down without a fight. Um, he's already threatening legal action and there, there, there will be recounts in a lot of those closed States. I do think that historically recounts, they average to, to be a difference of like 400 some votes. So I think that you're not going to find any new revelation with the vote, the recounts. But um, as far as the legal action, I just don't think it's there's much there. And I, now what I am worried about are the people, um, his followers, who are very insane, very, gross, very, racist, very, disgusting, well, I mean, it's, violent. It's, it's a it's a classic uh, cult of personality. It's like we we see this with throughout history where politicians um, become essentially leaders of giant cults and, and a lot of these people are still kind of so like would be willing to die for him and that's what scares me is that there will be a little bit of violence and um, I, I teach at a school where there's a lot of Trump supporters and um, you know it's not like they're. I'm not talking about them I'm talking about the type that go out with guns and try to Incite yeah, violence. They're and, more like in Florida and like stuff. Like the militia guys, yeah. those boogaloo boys <laughs> yeah, and dumb militia. boys yeah. and whatever boys. Yeah. <laughs> those poor boys. Those poor boys are right exactly. Yeah. Okay, and what about the Senate? So it's looking like Biden won Georgia for the presidential election, the first Democrat to do so since nineteen ninety two, I believe. So that's a good sign also for the Democrats running for Senate. Uh, so I, I think it will be very close. And so there, that will be contentious as well. There might be recounts as well for that. But that's something that everybody is going to be paying attention to. <laughs> I, my feeling is probably, unfortunately, that we're not going to take the majority in the, in the Senate. Right, that's like just going to be I like feel. one seat. Like maybe Georgia will do one in one. I'll be stoked to even lessen the margin, like I said, because I feel like we can put pressure on yeah. some of the bigger tools in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but lastly, okay, do you think that Trump whether he's forced out or just goes, do you think he's going to pardon himself? And do you think he's going to pardon his whole family? Good one. That's a very good question. Yeah, this is a legal question that has been debated for many years. So I would say that there is a 
legal argument that the, technically speaking, the president can pardon himself and, and his entire family. I mean, that might be just so devastating politically for the Republican Party that, that he may be talked out of it. On the other side, there's other there's plenty of legal scholars that will say no. There, there's actually lots of examples to show, like throughout history, that that a politician cannot pardon himself. But I think um, that's something that definitely needs to be added to the Constitution for sure, is that the fact that there's even a debate about that is, that that to me is disturbing. Technically speaking, a president can pardon himself. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. I definitely think he will, himself at least, yeah. but it's his family is the he question. Try. He will try. Yeah. Yeah, he will try, and I think it's a matter of, you know, I think a lot of the Republicans will realize, oh, this is a little too far. This could, like, Maybe we should think about the future of this party existing. <laughs> yeah, Mr. B, thank you so much for doing our stupid podcast. You were truly one of the best things to happen to us <laughs> during coronavirus quarantine. Now tell our 14 <laughs> listeners where they can find you. They can find me by just searching Mr. Beat on YouTube or probably Google, too. Yeah. And it's Mr. B-E-A-T. Because people might think you're just super into beet juice and stuff. <laughs> like you love cleaning yourself out and cleansing. That's right. Or, yeah. yeah. And, I'm not, and I'm not Mr. Beast. I'm not Mr. Beast. I'm Mr. Beat. Don't, don't get me confused with that guy. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. I, le- I learned a lot. Did yeah, I did too. I did too. And we, we, like we said before, we do love your videos. You guys go watch Mr. Beat right now on YouTube and you're going to learn so much. And we're going to check back in with you in January when, when this all comes down. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to lose our number because we're going to be <laughs> soups excited to watch Trump try to pardon his whole family. Yeah. <laughs> well, call me anytime. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. And now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a So There's That moment that's happening because of or in spite of our piece of shit president, the diarrhea toilet Republicans, and the corona crazy culture war that they are all responsible for. She hates doing it, and even though we supposedly won this fucking election and just got Kamala Harris in the White House, and quite frankly, she's the So There's That for the next motherfucking decade, It's going to be a long and grinding two months waiting for Trump to actually leave and find out if we got the Senate. So we still need Julie to find for us the small rays of light shining through each pile of poo destruction the Republicans leave in their wake. So tell us, Meow Meow, what is your so there's that for this historic week? No pressure. (laughs) I can't quite believe um, I sat to write the so there's that during this post-election of JoJo and Kiki. Um, And I know and I feel, along with so many people, the cautious and somewhat anticlimactic moment and atmosphere that their induction has, has revealed. The knowledge and the reality that half this country are bigots to the core is super depressing and has taken away from, at least for me, the sort of bottle-popping gloating I was hoping for. I could have probably had it if it came out in one fell swoop. Well, that's what Like, I, half the country's bigots, but we just won <laughs> in less than 24 hours. The, like, right. you know what I mean? In a sweeping, but it just... And I know the universe is doing this for exactly that reason. 
being that seeing anyone gloat is utterly repulsive disgusting a turn off awful and will make even your opponent who may not be your enemy into your enemy how we react now to those who are akin to when my little brother was such an entitled little twat to me and you know what i did i was a bigger twat back and now i've created two huge twats can't be a sore loser no i mean so sore right. winner yeah cannot be a so we don't be, want that no we and don't we learned it from big brother and it's gross it's you disgusting need, you need that gracious winner yeah so i'm really looking inward and i'm going to really work to keep my twatness at a low level with that said suck it trump lickers i just on my way over here saw a giant <laughs> suburban mm-hmm. with a sticker on the side not on the back like Take your you, your car is the size of a house. Keep your bumper stickers on the back. It was a sticker on the side of like a little. It's like a popular comic strip of a little boy pissing. Oh, I hate those. And uh-huh. he, he has a hat on that. It's a it's red Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, it's him. And he's pissing. He has a red MAGA hat on and he's pissing. And then the word says it just says Nancy. It says Pelosi and he's pissing onto it. Wow. And I was like, wow. fuck you. You lost <laughs> piece of shit. Nice I mean, car, by the way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now that's just disgusting. Okay. Now, look, I know I shouldn't have said that. And that, see, and that's exactly why, because that is fucking repulsive. That person I w- want to get in a car accident. On my way over here in Burbank. That's just, dis- I wouldn't ever be like piss on Nancy. But ugh. what we really need to do. I mean, I would pee on Nancy, but if she asked me to, <laughs> I would. If she were do, into she it. she asked me to. If yeah, that was course. her thing. If that was her thing. And I'd be like. That was her thing. I'd probably try to act like it couldn't be mine, but it could. <laughs> well. I know what we really need to do rather than focus on that. And I'm believe me, I'm the biggest twat on the planet is what we need to do is look at the enormous historical groundbreaking moment that we are all a part of. And I speak to you plainly of Kamala Harris. You may not like her and I don't give a fuck, but what you should like is the absolute ceiling shattering explosion that she has put off. Now, we are behind other countries in electing women in supreme positions of power, which is insane if you think about it. But Germany did it. I mean, beyond. Thank you. It's embarrassing. Germany has a woman <sighs> prime minister. Germany. It's embarrassing. Let that pathetic fact hang in your mind shower. Germany. Now, through the centuries, there have been queens and pharaohs and empresses. We have seen the induction of female clergy and women have been allowed to work outside the home. Oh, Oh, neat. Thank you. I really want to instill in you how powerful it is that there's a female vice president in this country. A country built upon white male slave owners. Women didn't have the right to vote. And once married as early as age 14, their husbands would then have as much power over them as their parents. Men have owned women from the beginning of time. It's a fact. Every civilization has been built on the backs of women and their pussies. (laughs) And yet men have found a way to dilute women's power to the point where they are lower than children. Times change, women have fought, and they have over thousands of years scraped and clawed together a seat at least at every powerful table. They just haven't been the head of most of the tables, particularly and except like most of the Middle East, the Catholic Church, every conservative religious institution, and of course this country's pay system and power pyramid. What Kamala Harris did was to destroy that cover, and though the pot has been boiling for years, she blew the lid off. And I think it's important to really take some time and let it sink in. Having her there is... Many going- women have tried and awesome ones at that. Awesome. Like, honestly. 
Yes, and if it wasn't for them, she wouldn't be there. And if it wasn't for Barack Obama, she wouldn't be there. If it wasn't for John Lewis, she wouldn't be there. There's a lot of men and women, and different races. Gloria Steinem and a million, you yeah, know what I mean? And we've like, got, and you go back to, you know, Susan B. Anthony, and you've got Shirley Chisholm. There's a lot of people who helped build this ladder. But for women, this is monumental. Having her there is going to be a role model for girls, and yes, boys, but for girls to see that they belong in the running of this country and that they are the partners of males. And all that anyone is looking for and all that women's rights and equality is all about is partnership. Equality isn't about us taking on the same roles and being the same thing. It's about being side by side and looking out for each other and not thinking your power and your privilege and your rights are more important than anyone else's. And we all have to struggle with our gross impulses and dark-sidedness and sacrifice <laughs> what is easy and, quite frankly, baked into our DNA. We are human beings. Human beings have to struggle with their dork-sided nature, which is as much as we have the capacity to love and give, we have that much that we want to dominate and to own. Kamala Harris shows us and makes us feel how we need that mom energy, that female energy. Well, she does make me feel like I can dominate and own things too. <laughs> well, that's good. That's <laughs> As fine. a woman, it's I all- can dominate and own stuff too. And it's all about the balance. It's all about the balance. You look at her though, and you also feel nurtured. And you know with a woman's per- perspective, there might be a little more empathy. I'm not going to get my pussy grabbed, unfortunately. No, you're... <laughs> that's why Joe's there. <laughs> Women are half this population, and much like all the diversity of this country, people need to see themselves reflected in their representation. And ultimately, even though the founding white men could never have even imagined Obama, never mind Kamala, they did create a foundation based on representation. We have to let that energy fill us up and let it guide us and make the universe hear that we are grateful and that this is the direction we want to go in. Oh, we're going to have backlash, just like Obama did. The sexist racists are going to explode out of their own volcanoes. It's inevitable. But until then, and aside from the disgust I feel, I am so proud and I am so emotional and filled with as much hope and excitement about how this is going to affect girls and women of this country for their own self-empowerment, which will lead to active roles in every single department of the running of this country and who knows where else. Kamala Harris will go down in history as the first woman vice president of the United States. It is astounding. When this country was founded, at the very least, she would have been a slave. Whether a slave on a plantation or a slave to a husband that was forced on her, she would have no rights and no representation, no voice. The roles we have accepted as women have been changing for years and years, and that goes for men too, but this is a tectonic shift in our evolution as a country, and I choose to believe her WAP energy, her WAP volcano, is going to rain down like the showers of Pompeii on all the Trump cult people, and as their administration goes on, and we start to feel that feeling again of feeling, of affection and empathy and compassion, there won't be any turning back. Kamala Harris embodies a bold new America and what I hope is an absolute shift in the evolution of women and what could be a shift if we let it in humanity. So there's that.
so that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. And we are so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now on this crazy, <laughs> momentous anniversary of ours. Please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour, no matter what. And they can definitely be hit or miss as far as content, especially here lately. Wow, we've been weird. But there's no ads, no politics, and no pressure to join the Patreon. So that's one thing you can count on. Yeah, that's good. And listen, as life gets crazy and messy, so do our Patreons. We are so unstable right now that you never know what you're going to end up having to listen to for an hour. But hey, you might find it soothing to listen to something with no structure or consistency. Or if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking how annoying and insufferable and tone deaf we are. (laughs) Exactly. And right now, it's important that we all spend part of every day plugged in and paying attention and contributing to the fight for racial equality in whatever way that means for you. But it's also important to set aside a little time to disconnect and do something harmless and mindless. And there's nothing more mindless than our Patreon podcast. So if you want to try it out, just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and scroll down to the episode from September 11th, which is unlocked and free for you to listen to. And that's September 11th, 2019. Mm. And the irony is not lost. And there's probably no difference between that episode and the one from 2020. (laughs) Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave us a review if you haven't yet. We like it to look like we have more than 14 listeners when we are trying to book guests. Getting people in politics to do comedy podcasts is way harder than getting housewives or actors. Literally, all you have to do is press the star button. You can do one to five stars. You don't even have to write anything. But if you do write something, we'll probably read it on the podcast. Like this one from MRiley78, who said, Julie and Brandy's Patreon is the only subscription to which I subscribe. $8 a month is the best money I've spent on therapy. When Brandy says, you think you don't want it, but you do, she is one million percent correct. (laughs) Don't question it. Just subscribe. Now that's what I'm fucking talking (laughs) about. That's nice. MRiley78 left a review about our Patreon on the (laughs) iTunes podcast. This is the kind of marketing genius we expect from every fucking one of you guys. We want to get to at least 2,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts, and we also want to get to 2,000 patrons. So let's just make it a joint effort. And if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, good for you. We despise those star-fucking, tax-avoiding, sweatshop-loving douchebags. And so does Nacho. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Mamau? Jojo and Kiki, Jojo and Kiki, Jojo and Kiki, 2020, tonight. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime, because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man by the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Oh, I 
if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man. With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs> 